Welcome to the Humble Hoof Podcast. My name is Alicia Harlov. This is a podcast for both horse owners and hoof care professionals, offering discussions into various philosophies on the health of the hoof and soundness of your horse. Please check us out on Facebook or at thehumblehoof.com. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know that we talk about a lot of factors that affect hoof health and soundness. I often get comments from people that their horse has issues with high-low syndrome or mismatched front feet or hoof imbalance. If you want to hear some insights into various causes of this, you can listen to the previous episodes with Dr. Sarah Malone, Christina Klein, and Steve Lee and Krista Jones. But something that Steve mentioned in his episode was noticing certain wear patterns and how they related to improper saddle fit. This has been something I've wanted to explore more for a while, and I had a handful of people suggest reaching out to Terry Beecher of Out West Saddlery to chat with her about this topic. Terry spends a lot of time educating others on saddle fit, and her husband Bob is a master saddle maker. Although this conversation focuses more on Western saddle fit, Terry touches upon all saddles, and coming from a more dressage background myself, I certainly see some of the issues mentioned. All right, so why don't we get started and tell me how you became interested in saddlery. So originally, it, my husband's actually the saddle maker. I'm the kind of educator business side of things. And he used to run a big ranch in Nevada and kind of realized there were some saddle fit issues a long, long time ago. And he'd been in construction and decided he wanted to do something different and so he learned how to make saddles and trees from a gentleman named Fred Harsant, who was from uh, New Zealand. And he talked a lot about saddle fit and how important that was. And Bob, he's very artistic and like he wanted to learn to work in leather. And in 1996, he went to school um, with Fred Harsant and learned both those things. And we've been going at it since. That's really cool. And I honestly, I don't know a lot about saddle fit. I don't know a lot about, I mean, I probably should know more than I do. But, you know, just to get like a basic start in the conversation, what are some of the most common saddle fit issues that you see or hear about? Okay. Um, And we have done thousands and thousands of saddle fitting, even in other countries. And what we see a lot of is the bar angle is too tight for today's horses. They have changed. They've evolved. They've got back, the horses' backs of all breeds seem to have gotten wider, flatter, and shorter. But the, the most common problem is that the angle is too narrow of the bars and it pinches them in the shoulder. Sometimes it's a rocker issue, which is the shape of, of the tree going head to tail. Um, that's not as common, but but that is a, a piece of it. And and then the other, it's not necessarily saddle fit, but a couple of the things that we're seeing that creates a lot of problems in the horse's body is that a lot of the saddles made today, Western saddles, have a built-up seat in the front, and they, they bring the stirrup leathers a little forward, and that puts the rider's weight behind the horse's balance point and in more into the loin flank area. And so there's a lot of soreness we find in those areas. With, if you talk to chiropractors and body workers, they're out in that area a lot. The riders actually 
out of balance, sitting back like that. Um, the other issue can be not putting the saddle in the correct position. The front of the tree bar should be right behind the shoulder blade. So if, if you go too far forward or too far back, that throws off the shape of the tree head to tail and can create pressure points and discomfort. And then the rigging position is also really important. If it's not in the correct place for the horse, that front of the tree bar positioning, it's not going to want to stay where it should if the rigging is too far back. The main problem we're seeing used to be the rigging position was further back, and we're finding it's needing to go further forward. It seems to be kind of another evolutionary thing. And is this mostly for Western saddles, or do you see like this a similar kind of issue? I know, obviously, English saddles don't have bars, but they do have trees for the most part. So do you see similar well, issues? The, the, the trees, uh, it's just made differently, but it's very similar. And we have checked dressage saddles and English saddles. And you can have the same issue where it's too tight in the shoulder. Although what we've seen is the dressage and English world seems to adapt to these changes faster than the Western horse world is. The same principle applies how you evaluate saddle fit no matter what kind of saddle it is. They were running into the same thing. One thing with English and dressage saddles is they're shorter in general, which helps. But in the beginning, the shoulders were too narrow, and, and you still can find ones that are too narrow, but there seems to be more available that are, that are wider now. But it's very, very difficult to find this in Western trees. Yeah, that makes sense, definitely. And so obviously you're talking about, you, you kind of mentioned some of the issues that you see when there's a poor saddle fit. And I was wondering if you can kind of expand on that of like maybe some symptoms that you see stemming from a saddle not fitting appropriately. Yeah. So the, the most common thing is when it's pinching them in the shoulder, the way that they tend to compensate is they'll bring their head up, bring their shoulders in drop their top line, they won't want to use their hindquarters because all those things will make the pinching tighter. So they pretty soon kind of develop this incorrect use of their body. You know, of course, the most obvious thing people see when it's too tight in the shoulders is dry spots or white spots. But it ultimately, because they're holding their body incorrectly to try to get away from that discomfort, that it ultimately will affect the balance in their feet, the balance in their mouth. You know, it changes. It actually can change the body. It can change the way they wear their feet. You know, obviously they'll be sore. And again, in that loin area, or it can be all down the back when you palpate after riding, you can kind of get an indication. Unfortunately, what we find is there's a lot of very stoic horses out there that don't react probably as much as we wish they would so you know people would know there's an issue um and then others you know it doesn't look that bad and they're they're a lot more sensitive and they'll react quicker so it has a huge impact on the whole whole body and and it'll set them up to hold their body even when you're not riding them incorrectly it just gets more so when when they saddle with something that's not correct 
Yeah. And as someone who, like me, has someone who's so focused on like hoof health and soundness, I always wonder, like when I come to a horse that has some soundness issues or some issues with like uh, angles, like hoof angles, or what seems to be like a lameness in various limbs, I often wonder, because I know, you know, not as much as I should know about it, I often wonder if saddle fit is playing a role especially in the working horse, like in a performance horse. So I don't know if you've ever seen a correlation between hoof issues and saddle fit. And if that's something you could kind of expand on. And and I'm not an expert in feet, but in talking to people that are, like we did a whole horse clinic where we took one horse and we evaluated like a team of people, an expert in feet, an expert in neuromuscular dentistry and saddle fed and horsemanship and nutrition. And, and we just kind of looked at how all that interrelates. And those people that are, you know, doing feet all the time were beginning to see the correlation to riding in a bad fitting saddle and how they were holding themselves there they do this perfect balance on the feet and they, they won't hold. And the same thing with balancing, correct balancing in the mouth. I'm not talking about floating. I'm talking about actually neuromuscular balancing in the teeth. Again, holding their body incorrectly, being used, you know, with a nail-fitting saddle, that balance won't hold. And they, you know, couldn't figure out why. And, and it just kind of opened up where we could all see how it was all interrelated. It's a huge issue. And again, how the saddle makes the rider sit is a huge issue that we see, especially in Western saddles. Again, when, when they build the seat up in the front and it pushes them back against the panel and their legs forward, that's the weakest part of the horse's back, but there's not as much ligaments. It's kind of a chronic issue that they'll be sore back there and how they're holding their body to compensate again can affect the puzzle of the body. Right. And yeah, one thing that I have seen in horses that I work with is a lot of horses that I come to have a handedness, like they have a high low in their front. Even horses that seem like they're fairly balanced will often have a very subtle difference in their front feet and where one is a little bit lower angled and one is a little bit higher angled. And I've seen horses in a really good training program improve the balance in their front feet by moving more evenly. And that's what sort of like spurred that question is, you know, if a saddle is not sitting properly or it's not, you know, fit correctly, how can they move evenly? How can they move to like the best of their ability? And that's obviously going to affect, have like countless effects on their body, I assume. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting too that even neurologically when when they're having this pinching, which is by far the most common problem in the withers, and holding their head up high, that actually puts them in the fight flight mode more too. And I know that's a little off from what you were just saying, but it's all interrelated for sure. And, you know, yes, they they can do body work and training and but if they continue to ride with an ill-fitting saddle, it's very difficult for them to, to do, you know, whatever they're going to ask them to do. And I think you can power through some stuff, but ultimately that gets in the way, you know, the fit and where the rider's weight is. 
Yeah. And I think ultimately there's so much pressure on professionals like across the board to know everything. And it's, we don't, we don't know everything like a trainer, you know, a veterinarian, a hoof care provider, we can't know everything. And that's why I really appreciate that there are professionals who are focused on their certain areas of expertise. Exactly. So, you know, I don't know if you can give like, obviously, we want to get a professional saddle fitter out to assess our tack. But I don't know if you can give owners a sort of a an, a basic rundown of something they can do, like if they toss their saddle up on their horse, to eyeball whether that saddle is, is working properly for that situation. So um, that's one of my passions is uh, empowering and teaching horse owners how to do a proper evaluation of any saddle, any horse. Um, and there's a lot of information on our website without West Saddlery showing how to use a piece of 12 to house wire, piece of house wire. It holds the shape well, but it, it will shape to the horse. And I give exact instructions of how to shape it over the shoulder and then lay it in a saddle that's turned over. And it'll show you if you you want to have 100% contact in that bar angle or the the shape head to tail and you use the wire, you know, head to tail on the back or over the shoulder and putting it up on their back and feeling isn't very accurate because you can't feel a, like it's bridging in the middle, a quarter of an inch. You can't feel that. But that quarter of an inch gap where it's putting extra pressure front and back will make them uncomfortable and they can they actually will form to the shape of a tree if they're ridden enough we've seen it happen quite a bit so the majority of professional saddle fitters that we've run across the first thing that has to be done is you have to take a fresh look at the horse's back and determine if it's healthy and so many of them have atrophy behind the shoulder and their top line is dropped because they've been ridden with a saddle that is too tight in those areas, too tight in the shoulder. And so what most saddle fitters do is they check the saddle to how the horse is and not necessarily how the horse should be. And that's a big gap that we find. And horses change with age and conditioning and diet, just like us. And so this method of saddle fitting that we put the free information out on so that the a horse owner can keep an eye on, on their backs of the horses and, and watch for changes. And like we've created a saddle fitting pad, which it can correct up to a point. It, it depends, you know, if it's a really, really bad fit, you know, you have to get it in the saddle. But sometimes you can, you know, the issue isn't too bad. You can, you can actually even out the pressure with something like our saddle fitting pad. But really being empowered and learning how to do it for themselves is by far the best. And looking at their horses back with fresh eyes and realizing what is healthy and what's normal and what's not, and you don't want to fit to a damaged back. You want the, the angles and everything to be where they can fill in and become normal if possible. An older horse, if they've been ridden for many years with a bad fitting saddle, a lot of times what we've seen is they just they can't change how they hold their body, but you can still make it more comfortable for them by setting up, say, the shimming of a pad to what would be more ideal. It's kind of based on the shape between 
or the angle between the rib cage and the spine and creating their ability to hold themselves better and be more comfortable, you know, as much as possible. Right. And I guess that's something where I've always wondered, you know, as your horse is getting better, like in terms of their top line or their muscling, how often do you see the saddle needing to be changed in terms of the fit? Well, that would definitely create a change. And you definitely would want to do an evaluation as you're seeing those changes and then work with the saddle that you have, hopefully. Or, it, you know, you may it may become clear that they need a totally different saddle. It's not always possible to work with the, with what you have, but you, you do want to watch and evaluate that all the time. And that's why we created this pad and this system of being able to do correction and compensation as their body changes, you know, whether it's from damage age or they're improving, you know, you want to, you want to get out of their way. You know, you want to free up the shoulder. The other thing that happens when they get atrophy behind the, the shoulder blade and it's too tight, when they take a long stride, especially the shoulder blade comes back and it bangs into the front of the tree bar. So what that does again is it, it makes them want to bring their head up, drop their top line, not use their their back, and they'll short step. And they really need to get you know be able to relax, bring their head down, round their back, and take a longer stride. And when you get out of the way of that, it makes all the difference in the world. And a young horse that can change um, pretty quickly. But even like we find that even when we create a saddle for a horse based on what they should be, if they've got that atrophy, you have to actually elevate the whole saddle up to get out of that hole. Even though the angle is correct, if it's dropped down into that gap, that hole, it's still going to, the front of the tree bar is going to bang on their shoulder and they're still going to not use their body right. So it's just a matter of, you know, getting it up out of that hole and getting it wide enough so it feels good to them to, and they want to round their back and relax their head. They, you know, it's not comfortable for them to be in that position trying to get away from that pain and, and it just kind of sets up habit and creates long-term problems. Right. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, my huge focus is on hoof rehab. So I come to a lot of horses that often have had time off because they have been lame or have had hoof issues and they're, you know, obviously not going to have the top line and muscling that a horse that's been in work and been, you know, healthy and in training will have. And my concern when I come to clients is, you know, the horses are moving like at a point in their rehab where they're moving really well without a rider or without a saddle on. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to have them inhibit that horse's rehab by, you know, having a saddle that doesn't fit correctly and maybe causing them, like you were saying, like if it's inhibiting their shoulder movement or causing pain up front, so then they're short strided. I just know that like if a horse is short strided, though that soft tissue in the distal limb is going to bear the brunt of a lot of torque and um, ground reaction forces that can cause injury. And like you were talking about trying to accommodate the saddle fit for what you want the back to be. 
what are you doing with the saddle to allow the back room to improve if they're in a bad spot? Does that make sense? So if somebody comes to us and they, you know, they know they are having a saddle fit issue. And so I work with people mostly from a distance and I have them based on what's on the website. I have them take tracings and send me pictures and, and look at the condition of their back decide whether it's a healthy back or not. And even if it's not, you want the angle of the bars to be the shape that is between the spine and the rib cage. And if it's dished out, you don't want to shape to that because that's that's damage. That's not how they're supposed to be. Like you can see in breeding programs where mares are just, you know, breeding stock and, and stallions that aren't being ridden. And you'll see these nice, healthy backs. The mares may have a little drop in their top line if they're, you know, being used a lot for breeding, say, but but there won't be that hollow behind the shoulder and head high and, and that kind of thing. And then the, you could, it's just, we've seen in, you know, a big breeding operation, you can look at them and see which ones are being ridden and which ones aren't. It, it is a huge issue. So what we do with when we do saddle fitting clinics is we'll, you know, look at their back, determine if there's damage, you know, we'll kind of point that out. And, and we're going to shape the wire to how the back should be, not follow that dip in the shoulder or the drop in the top line and figure out how the horse should be and then shape the wire to that and then lay it in the saddle and see if that saddle can, you know, if, if that can accommodate. And if it can't, which sadly most of them don't, especially in Western saddles, for example, how we would correct that with the pad, a shin pad, when it's too tight in the shoulder. So we have a, a large pocket in the center and two small pockets front and back. We would take all the shimming out of the front. And if there was, a, if we saw a three-quarter inch gap, in the difference between the angle of how the horse should be and what the saddle is, we would put three quarters of an inch of shimming in the middle pocket and the back pocket that would raise the saddle up and create a space in the shoulder and give them, get out of their way, give them the opportunity to be able to move correctly without it being painful. And, and they usually figure it out pretty fast because they would rather move more normally and that's the most common thing that we see. But if the gap is an inch or more, that usually means you, you just need a different saddle. It, the fit is way too far off. Like I said, the other big issue is how the seat is designed, where it's putting the rider's weight creates a, a lot of problem. And that can't be fixed. That can't be compensated with the saddle fitting pad. Even if it can't get an ideal fit, it can improve it. Actually, with the equine dentist or body workers or, you know, feed professionals like yourself, it's a great skill to learn and in your evaluation actually check and see if there's a saddle fit issue so you know if you're working against that and maybe be able to learn how to help people with being able to see that it's, with the wire, it's not an opinion. It, you can actually see the difference in the shape of the way the horse should be and what the tree actually provides for them. 
Awesome. All right. Well, technically, I mean, I feel like we hit on the questions that I had, except the last one. So something that I've always struggled with is knowing how to find a saddle fitter that is going to do well for my horse. And I know that probably sounds so weird, but it just seems like there are so many different people and some are attached to brands and some aren't. And I don't know if you can kind of give insight on how to find somebody who can assess saddles and do a good job with fit. Honestly, the the majority of saddle fitters that we've come in contact with, I don't agree with how they do it. And because it's a, a changing, it can be a changing thing as they're getting, you know, ideal hoof care and um, dental care and, you know, how they're being ridden and so forth, they really need to be empowered to do it themselves. And with the method that we teach on the website, it's a little practice to get comfortable, but it's pretty simple. I, I honestly think people are better off to learn to do it themselves so they can keep monitoring it because I see bad advice from saddle fitters all the time, mainly that they don't take into account they're fitting to how the back is and not looking at how the back should be and will that saddle allow that proper confirmation and as we know in the horse world there's a lot of different opinions and it gets overwhelming and it gets kind of hard but that's why I put all this free information up on the website so that people can become their own saddle fitter because then they can monitor it, especially somebody that's riding a lot or, you know, trying to do rehab or, you know, in, in competition, it can make all the difference in the world. We find even like with gated horses, people say, you know, my horse just won't gate or won't maintain a gate. And as soon as we put them in a saddle, it fits properly. And if they have damage, we may go ahead and do a little bit of shimming until that shutter can fill in within 10 minutes they'll realize the difference and and start fading away you know because it it doesn't hurt and and they that's you know how they're made so honestly i that's what i think is the best is for people to learn to do it themselves and for professionals like yourself to learn how to do it and show other people how to do it and then you know you're not working against, you know, you're, you're doing this great balance, and but yet it's not holding or it's not going as quickly as it should or whatever. You, you'll know if that's one of the pieces for the puzzle that's getting in the way. Yeah, that's great. And I, I really appreciate that you have, you know, resources available. And so can you, it, did you say outwestsaddlery.com is the website? Uh-huh. And on the website, there's a tab that says saddle fit education and there's a section on philosophy and there's the saddle fit how-to guide. The first part of it kind of focuses on what I, what information I need to create a saddle, a proper fitting saddle for a horse or a type of horse. And then towards the bottom is more how to uh, evaluate with any saddle, any horse. And then on our, saddle pad page there's video and kind of explanation of how to use the pad and for free people can take pictures of 
putting the wire on the horse and then putting it in the saddle and send it to me and I'll for no charge at all, I'll I'll help and and do do that to help them to be able to understand what they're seeing. And once you kind of understand what you're seeing, it then it, it becomes pretty fast and easy to keep an eye on what you know or to check any saddle, any any horse, you know, whether it's a dressage saddle or a western saddle or you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. The same principle applies. You know, first determining if it's a healthy back and not following the contour of an of the damaged back, but using the contour of how they should be with those areas filled in is super important. You know, it's that all those pieces affect each other, feet and teeth and rider positioning and saddle fit and nutrition and it all works together. And you know, when you're out, you know, trying to do these awesome balances, and if saddle fits working against you, you know, it's frustrating, you know, and then sometimes uh, the owner will perceive that you're not doing your job correctly, or when that may not be it at all, and so if, if it's just part of an evaluation for, you know, seat professionals, the dental professionals, the body workers, learn how to, to check the saddle fit and educate their owners about it, you know, help them see what they've got, see if it's workable, talking about, you know, putting the saddle in the correct spot. A, a chiropractor that we worked with a lot said putting the saddle too far forward, he saw was epidemic. And that changes, you know, how the pressure points are from head to tail. And it's a huge issue. And it's not that hard. It's, you know, it just, it just takes a little bit of practice. And then it's pretty quick, and you can see easily what's happening, and it's much more accurate than sticking a saddle on and moving it around and sticking your hand under there. You, you can't even feel a half an inch gap. You know, you, you just can't see. But when you use the wire, it's actually called wafting, you know, where you take that shape and, and then you turn the saddle over and you lay it in those two different positions. It, it shows you you know, the difference in the shape of the, the tree and the shape of the horse. But it's really important to also develop that ability to see from the very beginning, is their back healthy and not fit to the damage. Becoming aware more of rider positioning, that's a very frustrating thing that we see is in Western saddles, so many of them put the rider too far back and behind the horse's balance point, which makes them have to work twice as hard to do whatever you're asking them to do with the lack of the ligament support. And if, when you think about where you sit when you ride bareback, that's where you should be when you're riding in a saddle as well. And a lot of Western saddles work against that. Yeah, and I really appreciate you sharing all this information and helping us to sort of think about these things because I think a lot of times it's easy to just forget that saddle fits a piece of the puzzle, especially for me, like staring at the feet all day. Um, yeah, it is a huge issue and it's a huge piece of the puzzle, I believe. I mean, the, the feet are super critical. The balance in the mouth is super critical. You know, it's, it's all it's all really important, but... If you, if you don't address the saddle fit, it doesn't matter how good, you know, the other work is. We just find that it's, they just don't, it, it, it can only do so much. But all the pieces of the puzzle need to be working correctly to, to really get an ideal situation with 
less problems, you know, so. Right. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I am more than happy to, but yeah, I am more than happy to, if you want to start getting comfortable with doing this, you can take pictures of, you know, where you place the wire and, and then, you know, laying it in a saddle and then send those pictures to me and we can look at them together and you can tell me what you see and I can tell you what, what I see. And just, and that makes it go really fast to getting comfortable with what you're seeing. And it shouldn't take, it, it doesn't need to take that long, but that really seems to sort of speed up a person's learning of it. And, and I love teaching it and think it's, is super important and some people that helps to do that you know sometimes you know everybody learns differently sometimes the pictures and the videos are better than you know talking it through but I find most people when they're if they're a little unsure if they send me a picture of the wire a picture of the horse so I can kind of look at what I'm seeing kind of matches with what's on you know what what we see in the saddle and, and I can just help point out how to, what to look for. I have pictures and stuff on the website, but sometimes it seems like it, for some people, it just helps for me to go, yeah, there's, you know, it's too narrow or too wide, and this is how you see it, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I'll, I'll definitely reach out. I would love to have help with that because it's something that I haven't explored a lot. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I, to me, the more, especially professionals, I mean, you have the opportunity to help a lot of horses when a saddle's too narrow and it actually, the horse shapes to that too narrow. So they just keep saying, oh, it fits perfect. Well, it looks like it does fit perfect, but, but it's fitting to the damage. And that, that is, I, we see that over and over and over, um, that there, and, and, there's a serious shortage of saddles that are wide enough in the Western world. It's a lot easier to find dressage and English saddles that are correct. It took us years and years to get a tree maker to get the bar angles correct to what we're seeing that the majority of horses need today. And we'll check gobs of brands and we see the same problem over and over and over that they're too narrow is the main problem. And, you know, it depends on how much, narrow it is whether the pad can compensate or not i mean i'll spend free time with anybody that wants to learn and help help them see from the pictures and especially people like yourself and other professionals because it's such a service that you can do and make your your work more effective you know by helping them with that piece and it's a big problem right big big problem yeah awesome well Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we could get this done today and that, um, you know, we can get this information out there. So I'll, I'll send it to you as soon as it's done. Sounds good. You have a wonderful day. Thank you and have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. I always say that I'm slightly more hoof obsessed than the average person. And chances are, if you're listening to a hoof care podcast, you are too. So we should probably be friends. Feel free to find me on Facebook or email me at thehumblehoof at gmail.com.